1: Hello, I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis.
0: And I am uh, jolly John Lukumski the Vagabond. (laughs) (laughs) I have no church to call my own anymore. I just kind of wandering around the neighborhood. I may stop at your door. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah,
1: we we have that that nativity outside of our church with like the life-size stable and and a couple nights we found John just kind (laughs) of <laughs> Hanging out in the stable.
0: Hanging out in the stable. They weren't very talkative. I don't know. I don't know. Who you got to do that for you this year, but they weren't very talkative, Matt. <laughs> so. Yeah.
1: So this year, just the, the life size uh, silhouettes. No real people, except
0: for Pastor Jolly John. But <laughs> oh, well, now that makes perfect sense, Matt. At all. <laughs> you, you know, before we go any further, though, speaking about, you know, you have your your life size. Uh, cutouts, <laughs> not the real thing. Next year, right? Next, next year, year. When, that's the plan. When, that's right. We'll get yeah. back at it next year. Yeah, but uh, you know, uh, my wife and I, we have been, we've been going around, we've been checking out the Christmas lights and everything, and it's just, it's unbelievable what people have now. I, I mean, we've seen inflatable minions, uh, we've seen Mickey Mouse, uh, Frozen, Frozen. Did you, did your kids go see Frozen?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Our and daughter it, loves it, the Frozen. Oh.
0: Let it go, you know. So they got all kinds of the 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 snowman and the dog dog whatever it was a reindeer. I'm not sure what it was. I didn't go see the show, but they got frozen stuff, you know, and Star Wars. Even Star Wars stuff is up now on the Christmas displays. And I'm sorry, Matt, as I'm driving around seeing all this stuff, I'm thinking, this isn't. We need to get back to the tradition. We need to get back to the tradition. It's all about Santa and the reindeer, right? Oh, <laughs> what has happened?
1: I know what has happened. To our society—it's
0: not, not about minions. <laughs> so, oh man!
1: I'm glad you have your priorities straight this Christmas, John. That's, that's, <laughs> that's good. Right. That's good.
0: Give me Santa and some elves and <laughs> eight tiny reindeer. I don't need all the rest of this stuff. So. Oh, we can laugh about it. Uh, and, and I think we should laugh about it. You know, Matt, I, I'm sorry. But just real quick. I know because you got important stuff, but just real, real quick. So did you guys have Santa when, when your, your kids were growing up?
1: Well, sure. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, now, Lynn didn't, and I'm not faulting Lynn. I love her. She's my wife. I don't want her pounding on my head. <laughs> and that's fine. That's fine. People choose not to do that. But we did it too. I'm sorry. I don't get all upset about Santa. Maybe I should. Uh uh, But no, I, we, we had Santa, but we knew that Santa was just a story that people made up. Uh, uh, well, no, no, it isn't a story. Answer, so, Did I say that? No, absolutely not.
1: <laughs> you got to remember who's listening, John. <laughs> That's exactly
0: right. No, but, but you know, Jesus, no, we knew there was a difference there. There was you a bet. difference. And yeah. we understood what it was all about. Because I want to tell you, I, I like Santa. I like Santa. He brings me presents to this day, Matt. But he won't die on the cross for you. Let me make that straight. You okay. bet. He and you know what he would he would acknowledge that he would acknowledge that even Santa needs somebody to die on the cross for his sins too because he's just another sinner like the rest of us. Yeah. You should see. Oh man, at this time of the year, he gets all upset because he's worried about getting things done, yelling at the elves. But the elves they love him, they forgive him because they know you know it's just the it's just the pressures of the season. How in the world did we get off on that? I have no idea. I have no idea. Matt, what do you want to talk about today? (laughs) All right. We need to get us back on the straight and narrow here. Well,
1: we we want to talk, we've been talking about wellness, you know, especially during this time of pandemic. We've been looking at different aspects of wellness, like physical wellness, mental wellness, spiritual wellness. Um, one more aspect we want to look at is vocational wellness. Uh, and that might not be quite as clear as the others. I think, you know, physical wellness, yeah, we get that right, you know, we understand that. Even spiritual wellness, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But what is what do we mean by vocational wellness? Because so
0: you mean like the the, the two weeks that people take off in the summer? Is that what you're talking about? No, not
1: vocational wellness. Oh, although that oh. that probably does help your wellness, though. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is vocational wellness.
0: Vocational. And, yeah. Vocational. Okay. Well, what in the world is that, man?
1: I'm glad you asked, John. Uh, so vocational wellness, uh, we're talking about a person's vocation. And I think sometimes we think, well, that's, that's their job. That's their occupation. What do you do for a living? And and you go to a vocational school, maybe even to learn a trade. And, And that's true. That is, that's, that's part of your vocation, but it's, it's more than that. It's more than that. So vocation, the way we understand it is it's a calling from God. And I think that one of the important things to recognize is we all have more than one vocation. Uh, we have multiple vocations, multiple callings that God has given to us. And so we think of ourselves, you know, where God placed us? Uh, where has God placed us in our jobs? Certainly. But what about our roles in the family? Uh, what about our roles in the community? What about what we do at church? And we can think through that list of those things that God has called us to. Maybe we're a, uh, a husband or a wife, a father or a mother. Maybe we're a, a son or a daughter, uh, a neighbor to people. And again, the list just goes on and on and on.
0: Well, well, and and Matt, the operative thing there is just what you say, Where has God called yes. us? Yes, that that's the difference between a job and a vocation. A vocation is, by definition, where the Lord placed you with with stuff to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. Um, so, I, I think one Bible verse we want to look at that talks exactly to that is Ephesians chapter two. Uh, verses 8, 9, and 10. Now, we, as Lutherans, we know verses 8, 9 real well, right? Oh, yeah. like, by grace, yeah. you've been saved through faith. Uh, but we, I want to focus in especially then on verse 10 when it comes to our discussion about vocation.
0: Okay, you want me to read all yeah, three of Yeah, if you could, them, John. Yeah, please. Right. So, so for by grace, you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Uh, not a result of works so that no one may boast. And, of course, that's what we're all about. We're, we, we, we've we've come out of the closet. We are Lutherans. And and uh, I, I just love that passage because, of course, it's that we're saved by grace. But even more than that, faith itself. Faith itself is the gift of God. We, we don't even do that. Amen. Not the, not the result of works. But now here's the key verse. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them.
1: Yeah. And and like you said, John, vocation is a calling from God. So I think that verse is so neat. This idea that God has uniquely prepared us, uh, prepared us for good works that he would have us do. Um, He's equipped us. He's called us. uh, He's even prepared the the good works for us uh, that we should walk in them. So I think that's a beautiful thing. He's the one who's done it all, right? He's the one who's redeemed us. He's the one who's given us that gift of faith, but he's also the one that equips us then for good works uh, to to walk in them. Uh, So what a blessing. What a wonderful thing that is. So that's our vocation. That's our vocation.
0: Uh, And, and, you know, it just struck me that it's interesting that he created us. uh, and, And by the way, the word workmanship and the word created are all words that talk about making from nothing. So our our very existence here, (laughs) okay, we wouldn't even be here, a little less be whatever our vocation would be uh, apart from the work of God uh, and the fact that he did that in Christ Jesus, you know uh yeah but for good works right so he didn't really create us and intend us to be doing evil wicked things although we do that because we're sinners but no this was to be the good things that's that's what was behind his workmanship
1: yes yeah, so so what do what those good things look like then um because i think sometimes we think well you know i'm only doing good works i'm only serving the lord i'm only fulfilling my calling if I'm volunteering up at my church right yeah or if yes. I'm yeah. uh, I'm working at the soup kitchen or whatever that might be something that looks obviously this is a this is a good work that I'm doing but there's an example here from, Martin Luther, at least it's attributed to Martin Luther, John. Um, there's so many things attributed to Luther, him saying, you know, it's hard to sort <laughs> through what he really said and what he didn't say. Uh, but but here's an example that, that perhaps some of you have heard. Um, but he's he's talking about what makes for a, a Christian shoemaker, right? A cobbler. Ah. Um, so how does someone live out their vocation as a Christian shoemaker? Uh, and, and Luther's response was, well, the, the best way they fulfill that vocation is isn't by putting little crosses on the shoes that they make <laughs> uh, but the best way to fulfill that is to just simply make a quality pair of shoes for people to put on their feet and by doing that you're showing love for your neighbor so i, I think that the point is um, we're not just serving the lord we're not just fulfilling our vocation when we're doing uh, holy things, when we're putting crosses on things, when we're serving up at our church. Those are good things to do, right? Don't get me wrong. Uh, good to volunteer at church. Good to, good to serve the Lord in that way. But uh, we're serving God. We're serving our neighbor perhaps best when we're just simply doing what God's given us to do, living out our lives where God has placed us, and loving our neighbor in that way. Just like that, that Christian shoemaker best serves by making a high-quality pair of shoes, doing their best. I-
0: and and you know that's the that's the really cool thing about what we call the doctrine of vocation, we we actually call it that, uh, because you're right. I think most people hear the phrase good works, and they think about doing religious stuff, or maybe maybe social stuff too. You know, like you say, working at, at uh, the the. Uh, uh, uh the, the, the foods uh, you know, the, the soup kitchen there are are you know bringing food donations for the poor. Uh, and again, no one's saying that those aren't good works, but but that's the only kind of good works are the things that, that we do out beyond what we do in our day-to-day life. whereas really uh, God has created us. Our very existence here is so that we can do good works. And as you said, those good works are just what we do day in and day out. Uh, if we're a plumber, that we, we do the very best job of plumbing we can. We don't overcharge people. We don't cheat people. Uh, and like you said, we have a variety of vocations because we're probably not just a plumber, but we're probably also a husband or a wife. or uh, a child. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's the thing to understand that right now there is a good work for you to do. And, and you can do that simply by loving people wherever your opportunity is to love them.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that really opens our eyes then to the opportunities to serve our neighbor. And I think it opens our eyes to the different ways we're being served by people in their vocations. Oh, yeah. Um, That's a good point. You know, I go through the, the drive-through uh, at McDonald's, and, and our family's in a hurry, and we just need something to eat. Uh, we've got a busy night ahead because the kids are doing this and that and the other thing, and, and we're busy too, as parents. And so we go through the drive-through, and, and that person in their vocation at McDonald's, is feeding us. It's allowing us to to go on with our busy evening and have nourishment. So, you know, that's an important vocation. And, and sometimes we overlook those things that maybe seem mundane or ordinary, but yet, boy, that's a holy thing that that person is doing by feeding our family. And, you know, thanks be to God for it. And then again, we think of ourselves too. where has God placed us? Where has he placed us? So we're thinking about living well vocationally. So Living well vocationally, I think what prevents us from living well then in our vocations sometimes is a a lack of contentment, (laughs) a discontent when it comes to where God has placed us, where God has called us. And I was just thinking about the the different times that that happens in the scriptures, right? Uh, Again and again, this discontent in vocation really just causes trouble. Um, this idea that what what God has given isn't good enough, or he's called us isn't good enough. So I was thinking of Adam and Eve, right? Yes. Uh, Discontent with where God's placed them in the Garden of Eden, discontent with the limits that he set for their own good, Uh, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and and yet they're discontent with their vocation, their disobedience. Well, that that brings sin into the world. Um, I was thinking of of David, uh, that whole episode with Bathsheba. Uh, he's discontent. And so uh, he's discontent in his vocation as a husband already. So he spies out this married woman, Bathsheba, steals her away from her husband. Uh, Judas Iscariot was another one that came to mind. Uh, Discontent with just following Jesus as a disciple. Uh, But he betrays Jesus, right? Hands him over to the religious authorities uh, with that deceitful kiss. So again and again. When we look in the scriptures, when people are discontent with where God's placed them, boy, it leads to nothing but trouble, it seems. And the same in our lives too. Our discontent with our vocations it it leads to well sadness. It leads to um, sorrow, but it also leads to even sin as well. Uh, so yeah, to be content where God has called us.
0: Um, but, but but now, Matt. Yeah. Now, now, so so, is it a sin though to want more or better? Uh, uh than what we have? I, I mean, should David have simply said, oh, I'm a shepherd. That's fine with me. God made me a shepherd. I don't need to be king. No, thank you.
1: Yeah, I think David's case is a little unique because God clearly calls him then to be king, right? You know, he's anointed and, and this is God's calling, David. You better get to it. Uh, but I think sometimes when, we, um, when we're discontent with where God's placed us and we try to take matters in our own hands, that's when uh, that's when there's trouble the, that attitude of God where you've placed me isn't good enough uh, you know this this life that you've given to me it's it's not enough uh, but no I want I want more of that, that but again like you brought up that's not to say that ambition is bad right um, we want to strive we want to do uh, the best we can with what God's given to us so here's here's a couple of verses about this John I think what, that relates what? to your
0: just just one thing before you start yeah. reading the verses, because uh, so so my thought is, is 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 wherever you're at at this moment, you you need to do that to the very best of your ability. You, you shouldn't be saying, "Oh well, this is I I'm going for bigger things. I'm just doing this for now." No, no, no. Wherever you're at, you need to do that to the very best of your ability. Put your whole strength and your full effort in it. And and it's not wrong to say, "But Lord, please, I, I would." I'd like to have another vocation. I'd like to move beyond this because uh, it's it's the Lord that's doing it, I think that's the thing you've emphasized he's the one that calls us, and he certainly can say, all right David, you've been a good shepherd now, but now I'm gonna I, I have another calling for you to be king and, and ironically, maybe David at some point thought I wish I was shepherd again Because <laughs> you know? yeah, then great. i I could handle I could handle the lions and the bears. that was no big problem, but now I've got all these people trying to kill me, and I'm on the run and so getting the 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 higher or what seems to be the more glorious profession may not be the blessing you think, but regardless, you just, you just do wherever God has put you, you do the very best you can with the gifts he's given you. And then, yeah, trust in the Lord. So the passages, I'm sorry, Matt, I interrupted you.
1: Well, no, I think that, you know, what you brought up too, John, is is helpful because I think where, where that discontent, you know, becomes dangerous, we start to covet. It starts to go into the area Ah, of coveting. And all of a sudden we're coveting a different job or a different boss or a different paycheck or Different friends or different neighbors, a different wife, (laughs) you know, like David. And then all of a sudden, that's where we really start to get in dangerous territory when uh, that contentment isn't there in vocation. Instead, at least a covetousness of other people's vocations, callings that we haven't been given, uh, but other people have perhaps.
0: And, and, and I remember, I think there's a commandment about that, isn't there? Oh, yeah. I'm just there's going, a couple. I I'm think. going through the 10 of them. And I think there's something in there about thou shalt not covet. So you're right. That probably is a problem.
1: <laughs> and I think, you know, to your point, too, I, I think of like a college student. Um, yeah. Someone's going to college because they, they, want a, they want an education. They're looking for a, a good career. And, and that's good. That, that's commendable. That's wonderful. Uh, but as a college student, you also have a job. You know, find a contentment in being a student at that time. Where has God placed you on the college campus? Uh, How can you serve your neighbor there? Um, It's not always just uh, the next bigger and better thing, but it's, where has God placed me now? And they give that thought too. Um, So yeah, two Bible verses. All right. Uh, So Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10 uh, just simply says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Uh, So wherever you're at now, just just do it with all your might, wherever God's placed you. Uh, those works that he's prepared for you, uh, do it to the best of your ability. And then one I like even more, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. So always abound in the work of the Lord. And and again, that promise that in the Lord, in Christ Jesus, in those works he's prepared for us to do, our labor is not in vain. And so I think, uh, you know, even those vocations that seem kind of mundane and seem like they're, they're not flashy, uh, no one notices what we're doing maybe, um, God still makes them glorious. God still works through us to be a blessing to our neighbor. Uh, and some of those most mundane ways are the most important ways. And sometimes you know, there's vocations, like as a parent especially, that only I can fulfill that vocation, only I can be a dad to my kids. Uh, That's an important vocation that no one else can fulfill the same way that God has called me to fulfill it. And so for our listeners, just to to give that some thought, especially maybe this Christmas season, uh, as we enter into the celebration of Christmas, where has God called you uh, in the context of your family and your community? Where has he uniquely placed you in in jobs that only you can do, um, vocations that only you have?
0: Yeah, you know, there's a, another thing attributed to Luther, and like you say, whether it's true or, or not, uh, but it was certainly something that could be true of Luther, that he said he, he thought the greatest work that he'd ever done, what was not, uh, you know, writing the the small and the large catechism, was not being the, the professor of the seminary, but just taking his baby and burping the baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that was that was probably... That probably got more praise from the angels than anything else he might have done in his life. Yeah, uh, and I and I think that's important for us all to. Uh, and and I do want to point out, you know, that I do that. I, I do that as a retired man. I sleep in till nine o'clock every morning. I'm doing it to my best of my ability, being retired. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh boy, don't rub it in, John. I don't want to slack uh.
0: off as a retiree. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fulfilling that retiree vocation very well.
0: That's right. <laughs>
1: well, I, I guess, you know, fact, as we... When we get
0: down here, Matt, I'm going to go take a nap. So there <laughs> you go. Why not? <laughs> Why not?
1: But as we wrap up, I think uh, the, the, to make a vo- uh, vocational connection to uh, Mary and Joseph, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Here we are celebrating Christmas. And I think, you know, Luke chapter two in particular. Uh, the angel comes and, and speaks to Mary and uh, says that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And, uh, and behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is her sixth month with her, who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And then this is in Luke chapter two, I like or Luke chapter one, rather. I like verse 38. Mary in response to all this says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let ah. it be to me according to your word. You know, I think that's just a beautiful response from Mary. Talk about contentment in vocation. Ooh, she's got a doozy of a vocation to be the, the, the mother of the son of God. And yet what's her response to the angel? Let it be to me according to your word. Oh, Lord, so, this is what you've called me to, uh, and she's content with it.
0: So she understood that she was created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that she should walk in them. Yes. She, she well, knew my. that. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, and we all need to know that, too. So,
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, that, that God, even before the foundation of the world, had Mary picked out. To, to bring her son into the world. But but so, you know, us as well, our vocations uh, may not be, be the parent of the son of God, like Mary, but whatever he's called us to, he's prepared those just as much as he prepared that for Mary. And we should rejoice in that. And, and we should find contentment in that and, and thanksgiving in that.
0: And and Matt, we need to know that, that whatever it is that we've been given to do, whether it be the, the, the job we're going to 40, 50, 60 hours a week, or whether it be that the family we're taking care of or the friends that have around us that we got to understand that God put us there. We have been placed there by the Lord. That's not a fluke or accident. We're the man. We're the woman. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, yeah, that's God. He He put us in those places. And and you know what, Matt? I, I think when we take it that way, we're going to find out that it is very, very difficult. It was very, very difficult for Mary to be the mother of the Son of God. She was going to have her heart would be pierced through. She was told that from the beginning. Uh, and, and, of course, that's part of the vocation, that we're constantly being driven back to the Lord and saying, Lord, you put me here, but this is too hard for me. This is more than I can do. I need your strength. You are the one that created me, and now I need your forgiveness for my failures, and I need your strength so I continue to uh, walk in these good works.
1: That's right. And the most important voc- vocation of all is <clears throat> excuse me, what brought Jesus to earth and uh, yeah. in the first place, why he's born on Christmas, that— excuse me, that most important vocation of of being our Savior. That's what his name means after all. Uh, The Lord saves and Jesus comes to to save us from our sin. Uh, Thanks be to God that he fulfilled that calling and was content with it as he did his Father's will.
0: Well, Matt, thank you. Thank you for reminding us as we get into this Christmas season that uh, we all have our vocations to do. uh, And one of the Greatest things in that vocation is to celebrate the fact that uh, Jesus Christ is born, our Savior. Any final comment, Matt?
1: No, I think that covers it. Just a big Merry Christmas to our listeners. Uh, We're going to not be broadcasting, right, John, uh, for a little bit during uh, the Christmas break, the 12 days of Christmas. Uh, But there'll be other special programming on KFUO.
0: All right, and we'll see everybody next year in 2021. This has been...
1: Wrestling Wrestling with with
0: the Basics.